Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the John Cast. I have, as always, a weather update for you. Uh, we've taken yet another turn. Fall lasts for about uh, a week, if we're lucky here in Chicago. Most of the time, we actually we just skip straight from summer and humidity to freezing cold winter. We actually had a pretty nice fall. I would say it probably lasted for about two and a half weeks, actually. But today we saw in certain areas of Chicago, uh, as of Wednesday, October 30th, we saw our first little bit of snow. I opened up, or Sweet Bear opened up uh, Instagram this morning and saw from several people, several of our friends and family who live out in the suburbs, snow. Snow is here. It's cold. I don't think we in the Chicagoland area will see anything north of 50 degrees for probably six to seven months. And that sounds like an overstatement. It is not. That is absolutely true. So you can pray for all of us, uh, all of us in the Midwest, the Northern Midwest. Anyway, welcome back to the John cast, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great day, whatever day it is when you are listening to this. Before we dive into today's message, a few quick housekeeping things, actually just one quick housekeeping thing. I wanted to let you all know um, about a new thing that I'm doing. It's a small thing, but I actually think it's a resource that could really, really help you. A lot of people, a lot of you often ask me for further resources uh, in regards to these episodes or a spoken word poem that I put out or something else on my YouTube channel. Often you ask, you know, what can I be reading on this subject? You know, Speaking of justice, for example, a lot of the research and reading that I did in preparation for these episodes and in preparation for the spoken word poem that I put out a few weeks ago was done uh, by watching and listening to The Bible Project, um, their podcast, and watching their YouTube channel. They have a whole series on justice on their podcast that is so, so good, and uh, specifically a book by Tim Keller called Generous Justice. That was a huge book that I read that that really inspired a lot of the content of this series that you are listening to or that you have been watching on my YouTube channel. And a lot of you are asking that, you know, like, John, I really, I like what you're doing, but I want to go deeper. I want more reading. Or you're just looking for different resources that can help you grow in your faith. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to sort of create a channel, uh, or not a YouTube channel, but, but a channel through which I can perhaps share some of the resources that have helped me grow in my faith or some of the resources that will help you dive a little bit deeper into this into some of the things that we talk about on the Johncast or on the YouTube channel. And so I'm actually going to be doing this through an email list that you can sign up for right now. You can go to johnjorgensen.com and there should be a button right there on the homepage for you. You can sign up for this email list. And here's what the email list is going to be because here's the thing. I want to be very clear. I hate email lists. There are few things that are more annoying in 2019 than all of the emails that I get that have this fake like, hi, John, did you know that in 2017, blah, 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 like, I know you actually aren't typing this out to me. I know it's just an automated system. But regardless, I, I, what I want to do is once a month, I want to send out a list of recommendations. Most of these will be book recommendations, a lot of which will be surrounding matters of faith and the Bible and things like that. But also, if I read a really good fiction book or a really good biography, I want to recommend that. Most of them will be books that 
are either currently encouraging me and helping me learn and grow, or uh, they have in the past. Most of them will be books, but also I'll be recommending podcasts. I'll be recommending films or TV shows or documentaries. Anything that I am currently taking in that is encouraging me, that is teaching me anything, I want to share that with you. Uh, I want to give you more and more resources to help you, as I often say, move forward in faith. And so if you're interested in once a month, just getting a short list of reading and listening and watching recommendations from me, anywhere between three and five or six different resources, you can once again visit johnjorgensen.com and you can sign up for my email list there. I promise, I promise not to spam you one email a month. That is all it is going to be. All right. That's my little plug for that. Let's dive in to today's episode, shall we? As many of you know, we have been in this series on the biblical picture, the biblical portrait of justice. A few weeks ago, I put out a brand new spoken word poem on my channel surrounding this topic of biblical justice and what this series in conjunction with a seven minute sermon series that I'm doing on my YouTube channel is meant to do is it's meant to draw out and dive a little bit deeper into many of the themes that are brought up in that poem. Because as we talked about last week, so many of us, we have different definitions or different thoughts or different feelings that come up when we use the word justice. Justice has many different definitions, both in our culture and in the culture of, of Bible times. And so it's important for us to, to perhaps dive a little bit deeper and, and have a shared definition on what exactly we mean when we talk about biblical justice. And last week we talked about how the basic expression of justice and righteousness, remember those two words are so often connected in the Bible, justice and then righteousness or right relationship. But last week we talked about how the basic expression of justice and righteousness occurs when we honor and respect the image of God in other people. Every human being is made in the image of God, and so to live justly is to recognize the image of God in another person and to respect it or to honor that. Um, as many of you know, this whole series, like I said, it's based on that spoken word poem, and today specifically, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the specific stuff that is said in that poem. Um, the poem begins by pointing to a passage from the prophet Micah. In Micah chapter 6, we read a very, very, very famous biblical passage, which if you spent some time in church, you may be familiar with. Uh, Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? The poem starts, What does God want from me? And then he says, To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I want to unpack that, but first, I have to let you know that my wife, Sweet Bear, some of you know this, she loves true crime. Uh, Sweet Bear is always listening to podcasts or watching documentaries about murder cases and murder trials, and it's all very, very depressing to me, but, but she really enjoys it, actually. Um, and something that consistently happens in these trials is that the defense attorney or, or the person who is on trial, they will inevitably say something like, well, maybe the judge will show us mercy, right? 
But then, of course, in like the next scene or like five minutes later, we hear the judge say something like, my job is to administer justice. Yeah. And so tying justice together with something like mercy or humility, that might not make a whole lot of sense to you and I. And for a long time, I'll be honest, that really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. When I would hear this verse in church growing up, I would be like, yeah, yeah, I got this, you know, uh, walk humbly. I can, I can try and be humble, like love mercy. I can be merciful and compassionate to others. But how does that tie together with justice? And my understanding of justice at the time was giving people what they deserved. Wait, I thought being merciful was actually not giving people what they deserve. You know, when when there's a criminal, we show mercy to them perhaps by not giving them as intense of a sentence. And so tying these things together, it, it didn't really make sense. You either have to choose justice or you can choose mercy. That, that's what they do in the courtroom. You can't have both at the same time. Or so I thought. Now, last week, we, we looked at many different understandings and definitions of justice, like we talked about, that, that existed both in the world of the Bible and in our culture. But pretty much all of these definitions can be boiled down into essentially two categories. And scholars have pointed out that within the Bible and also within our culture today, there are essentially two different types of justice. First, we have what's called retributive justice. And for a a deeper conversation on these things, you can listen to the Bible Project's uh, podcast series on justice. They really, they spend a long time talking about the difference between these two forms of justice. But, But the first one is retributive justice. And this is the type of justice that occurs within a courtroom. This is the type of justice that sentences criminals. Retributive justice, in our language, it is often tied closely to words like payback or recompense, this idea of giving people what they deserve. This is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth type justice. And obviously, this type of justice, it exists in the Bible. We read about it uh, in the Torah. Jesus, in the Gospels, he calls back to, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. This type of justice, this retributive justice, it exists within the Bible and it exists within our day. However, while retributive justice does exist in Scripture, the much more common form of justice that is expressed in the Bible is what's called restorative justice. And the Hebrew word for this type of justice is mishpat. Mishpat is a specific form of justice that gives special attention to those groups of people who often receive the short end of the stick right? Or, or sort of the rough end of the deal. In, in biblical times, this gr- these groups were often referred to as the quartet of the vulnerable. That would be the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, and the poor. These were the groups of people that were often left sort of on the outs. These people were often discriminated against. They weren't often thought of. Uh, these were the vulnerable groups of the first century, Um, or even of earlier ancient times. And we still have groups like that today. Obviously, you know, we still have those who are widows who have lost their spouses. We obviously still have those in our society who are struggling with a cycle of poverty and homelessness. Obviously, there are still refugees. There's huge humanitarian crises going on in our world. A lot of these vulnerable groups, they still exist today. 
but also a, a sort of different types of groups that, that might be a little bit more highlighted in our culture today that are very vulnerable are uh, social or racial minorities or the elderly, for example. That is a, a subset of our culture that often those who are older, senior citizens, they do not receive as much attention perhaps as they should. We often just kind of put them away in their own communities or their own homes uh, to only be visited once, twice a year. These groups, they're often on the margins of our culture, and our world often forgets about these groups. And not only does our culture forget about them, but because of injustice, our world is actually set up in a way where certain people groups actually have a systematic disadvantage. The system actually works against them. The system is not the odds are not ever in their favor. And again, that was true in biblical times, and that is still true today. And what Mishpat is, this restorative justice, it is a radical act of lowering yourself in order to lift up one of those marginalized people groups. That's what, more often than not, the Bible is talking about when it talks about justice. Mishpat, this is what the prophet Micah was talking about. And this form of justice, when we, when we view it as lowering yourself in order to lift up those who have been left out or those who have been forgotten about, when we think about justice in this way, we can more easily see how it can be connected with things like mercy and humility, right? A, a working definition for mishpat that I have used as I have taught on this subject is that mishpat means looking out for the left out. And that's actually what I titled the, the spoken word poem, looking out for those who have been left out, for those who have been forgotten about, for those whom our culture, for whatever reason, whether it's systematic injustice or whether it's just our own broken sinful nature or a combination of the two, looking out for those who have been left on the margins. Now, again, we talked last week about how this basis for biblical justice, it's living in right relationship with everyone by respecting and honoring the image of God in every person. Yes, but mishpat actually pushes this one level deeper. The biblical picture of justice, it is not just treating everyone as equal, but mishpat is actually giving special attention and preference to the most vulnerable and least visible in our world. This is radical. Like, this is intense. Again, both in the days of the Bible and in our day today. And what, why we do this, we do this as an attempt to level the playing field by recognizing our, to use a bit of a hot button word, by recognizing our privilege and recognizing that others have a disadvantage, not because of anything they've done at times, but simply because of where or who they were born as. And so we do this, we enact mishpat in the world as an attempt to level the playing field. We bring ourselves low to pull others up who need a leg up. Many of you know that this whole series, I've talked about this several times, is done in partnership with Compassion International. And Sweet Bear and I, we partner with Compassion, not just in doing this series and doing those videos, but we also sponsor a child through Compassion. Our, our child's name is Imani, and we consider Imani to be part of our family. We send her funds 
each month so that she can buy things like food and clothes and school supplies. Um, we also we just bought her a Christmas present as Christmas is coming up. Uh, but we also write letters to Imani. We go back and forth with her. We encourage her. We, we hope to be a part of her discipleship and faith journey. And I want to be really, really clear about this. Sweet Bear and I, we don't go through the process of child sponsorship. We don't enter into this relationship with Imani because we believe that she is less than us. We definitely don't think that at all. But the reality is, if we're going to be totally honest about it, Imani has been left out when it comes to so many opportunities in life simply because of where she was born simply because she does not have the privilege that I have. And so in a small way, we try and bring Mishpat into the world through our relationship with one small girl. Now, I understand. I want to acknowledge this is probably a very, very different picture of justice than many of you are used to. And, and I'm, I want you to know I'm sensitive to that. I understand that. If you are really upset with me and you're like, John is totally wrong and you want to turn this off right now, that's fine. But I hope you keep listening. This is a radical, selfless way of living. I understand that. However, this is precisely the way that God is calling us to live in the world with a heart that is geared towards everyone, but specifically geared towards the vulnerable. And to do this, to look out for the left out, you don't have to sponsor a child across the world, okay? That's not why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this just so you'll sponsor a bunch of kids. I hope you do. I hope you do. It, that, that relationship that we have with Imani, it, it is transformative. It means so much to us. But in order to enact mishpat in the world, you don't have to send money across the world. But when you actually choose to sit with a kid who always sits alone at lunch, or, or you invite that one person, that one kid that just annoys everybody else, or, or the one that's usually left out, when you do those little, little things, anytime you look out for the left out, that's mishpat. You are enacting, you are bringing God's justice into the world. Those little, these aren't just random acts of kindness. These are actually intentional acts of justice. And you see, we as Christians, as followers of Christ, we seek to give this kind of humble, merciful justice to others because the reality is, is that it was first given to us. Next week, we're talking about justice and Jesus. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Johncast. And I do want to let you know that this episode, it is indeed brought to you by Compassion International. I've talked a little bit about Compassion so far on this episode, but they're an incredible organization. And their mission is so simple, to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Compassion has been around for decades, and they are living, walking, breathing mishpat in the world. Uh, Compassion provides opportunities uh, to sponsor children in some of the most underserved areas of the globe. And in partnership with people and listeners just like you, they're making a huge, huge difference. I mentioned that for us, we don't just give Imani money but, but and, and so that she can buy clothes. 
But what Compassion does with those funds is Compassion, they bring their sponsored children into over 4,000 hours of safe, nurturing programs throughout their childhood. And and what we were talking about in this episode of, of lowering ourselves in order to lift others up Compassion has proof that that works and that that type of justice, it does restore people. Um, And and some of the statistics are just staggering. Uh, A compassion-sponsored child is 40% more likely to finish secondary education. They are 80% more likely to graduate college and 75% more likely to become leaders in their community. And beyond that, as we talked about, child sponsorship through compassion, it doesn't just seek to meet the physical needs of children, but the emotional, the intellectual, the relational, and spiritual needs. And so if, as we're entering into the Christmas season, as you're listening to this idea of mishpat, looking out for the left out, if you're looking for a really practical way to begin to enact and be mishpat in the world, I honestly, truly cannot think of a better way than sponsoring a child through compassion, to to recognize the privilege that you have and to lower yourself, to lift up someone else who has been left out simply because of where and who they were born as. And so if you are interested in helping promote more justice in the world by looking out for the left out, please visit compassion.com slash John today for more information. That is all I have for you today on the John cast. I will see you all next week as we conclude our series on justice. I love you all. Keep being awesome.